Please turn in your Bibles to John chapter 1. In John chapter 1 and verse 1, let me begin there. John 1, 1. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Verse 2, The same was in the beginning with God. Verse 3, All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. When Genesis said, In the beginning, God created, that's the part of God that actually started to create. We then went on to look at verse 4. He says, In Him was life. And then he switches and says, the life, referring to Jesus Christ, was the light of men. Now we looked at that last week. What I want to do now is continue on in verse 9 and talk about this today. He says, and that was the true light, which gives light to everyone, every man or everyone coming into the world. Now the reason that John calls Jesus the true light, is because unlike all the other religious prophets and leaders that brought flickers of truth and light into the world, he was the genuine article. And his light lit the way for every single human being on the planet. Amen? See, that, there is something very significant in that. There's a lot of people, you, you know, we hear society quoting different people. You all know what I'm saying? Okay, and they bring out different truth. They're, they're flickers of truth. That's right. There are flickers of light here and there. And, you know, we can't say that everything is wrong out there because it isn't. People have got flickers of truth. Amen? But there was one person that was the truth. That's why Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And that was the difference. Everything that he said was truth. I just want you to understand something. That Jesus came to show us. He was the light. And while there were other flickers of light, he came and he started to show us what the truth was. Amen? Let me continue on here. In fact, in his commentary, John MacArthur translated the verse to read, The true light coming into the world gives light to every man. Now following this, John goes in the same verses uh, 10 and 11. He was in the world. Remember again, we're looking at Jesus Christ. We're looking at the reason for this season. Right. Amen? Alright. It says, verse 10, He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. That's verse 11. Let me go back over verse 10, and let me expand it out. Could I do that? It says, he was in the world. Now, this is referring to his pre-existence and time on earth before he was born in Bethlehem. And the world was made through him. So there's a sequence of events here. Okay? So he was in the world. The world was made through him. Now, remember Colossians 1.16 said, all things were created by him and for him. Amen? So therefore, he was the rightful owner. And it says, and the world, referring specifically uh, here to the whole of society, organized and operating independent, independently of God, His word and His rule, okay? That's what the world is. And it says, and the world did not know or recognize Him. Isn't that true even today? Amen? Due to their spiritual blindness. And what's even worse is, it says in verse 11, He came to His own, and his own did not receive him. Now, William Hendrickson in his commentary has the following to say. He says, he was in the world and the world came into being through him. And yet the world did not acknowledge him. Specifically, he came to his own. And yet his own people, Israel, did not welcome him. Isn't that sad? Now, can I just go through this one more time? How sad is it that He created the world, He came into the world, 
and nobody recognized him. Can I say that again? Yeah. Wouldn't it be sad if you created something yeah. and then you came into that place yeah. that you created yeah. and it goes, who are you? That's right. uh, turn it over, dude. It's got my name on it. <laughs> okay? I made you. <laughs> all right? Th- this is what was so sad about this, that the, the person that created all things, all things that were created by him and for him, did not recognize him. Would not recognize him, would not acknowledge him. Which is what is really sad about all of this. In fact, this negative response was so great that John MacArthur says this theme of Jewish rejection of their promised Messiah receives special attention in John's Gospel. <laughs> it's funny whenever you, you look at John's Gospel. He, he really does focus on that. He really does pay special attention to that. In no other gospel do you find this statement such as, and then the Jews did this, and the Jews did that. It doesn't even say the religious leaders. You know, the other gospels make some distinctions. But John, <laughs> he just got to the stage where he just looked at all of them and said, you know, your whole bunch of you are just, just a problem. Do you know why John, you see, can I give you a little revelation here? Okay. The reason that the other Gospels didn't have that kind of view on the Jews was because they still, you know, they were seeing things from an earthly perspective. Remember John went to heaven. When he came back, he understood. Listen, are you all with me now? Okay, listen now. Everyone that was a Jew that received Jesus was no longer a Jew. They became a Christian. Do you understand? So when he came back, he realized something, that everyone that had received Jesus were Christians now. So anybody that had not was still in the old. So therefore, you could be a Jew, a physical seed of Abraham, and still not be a spiritual seed. And remember again, you know, the Bible says not all Israel is Israel. You know what I'm trying to say? And so just be, and see, that's what the religious leaders were so puffed up about. They said, well, where are the children of Abraham? That's why Jesus said, you know what's going to happen? You keep this attitude up and you are going to end up in hell. And you are going to look up and see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. And they're going to be sitting with all of these Gentiles. And you're going to be so mad about it. And you can't do anything about it. Because he has a stinking attitude. That, I added that. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> but do you, do you understand now why, why John makes a distinction? That John says Jews, because if they're still Jews, they, listen to me, they have rejected the Messiah. There are still people today that have this idea of, oh, you know, you know. Okay, let me balance this out. Jews are important. Yeah. Okay, let me, can I start with that? Okay, they are important because they are a physical race here. And they are kind of a timekeeper on what's happening. Okay? But you need to understand that they're still in re- they have still rejected their Messiah. You wonder why so much bad stuff is happening to the Jews. Don't look at the Jews and say, well, you know, if, if God exists, why would He let this happen to the Jews? Remember what the Jews said when they said, crucify Him. And Pilate said, why are you doing this? And he said, and they said, let this blood be upon us and our children and our children's children and all the generations. And that's what happened. Big surprise that everybody's killing them. Hello. 
Do you understand? And everyone that, that, that became a Christian broke from that. Do you, do you get this? You guys need to catch this. This is the miracle that took place. And so all those that are proudly announcing that they're Jews are actually doing themselves a disfavor because they are linking themselves to that mob that said crucify him. Do you get this now? So we need to, we need to understand where John is coming from. We need to understand that he saw the Jews that received Christ no longer wanted to be Jews. Because it says in Galatians 3.28, There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ. All the barriers, all the boundaries, everything was just broken down. There was no more male and female that you got to sit in the male section, you got to fit in the you got to sit in the female section. I have issues with churches that do that, man. You know they have men's meeting and women's meeting. Can I ask a question? What are you what are you doing in those? What are you preaching in that? I can understand maybe one one. You know when you get together and you slap all the men and say, "What is wrong with you people? <laughs> Treat them better." You know. I can't understand that, but just once. You don't do that all the time. And you don't have men's meetings where you go, oh yeah, you know, my wife, sheesh, you know. And, you go, and then it becomes a men's complaining session. And well, we call it a men's meeting. <laughs> Listen, the Word of God is for everyone. There's no difference between male and female. That's why we will never do that. The only reason, see, that's a, there's a difference between you just having, you know, a, a place where women can come and, you know, just chat to each, to each other and have a bit of a time out. That's fine. I don't mind that. Don't get me wrong. I don't, I'm not talking about that. You know, sometimes you just need to get together and just go, oh my God, thank God I'm not insane. That, that's happening to you too. Yeah, yeah, you know, he still leaves his socks everywhere and whatever. You know, you know, okay. I don't mind that. That's fair enough. I get it. Okay, you, you need to blow off steam somewhere. <laughs> but that's different to meetings. Amen? Especially when this wall has been brought down. No Jew, no Greek. See, that's what happened when, when the Jews decided to become Christians. There was no Jew, no Greek. No, no, that's right. Hello, listen. Because there still is today in some people's minds. Whenever somebody says, oh, the Jews, oh, there's a Jew and a Greek for you. Hear me? Okay. William Hendrickson writes, The Jew was very slow to learn that in the new dispensation, there are no special privileges based on physical relationships, such as being the children of Abraham. Amen? And let me just go to verse 14 very quickly. It goes on to make the most magnificent statement, revealing to us that the word in verse 1, who was with God and was God, did something extraordinary, and that is, verse 14, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory. Now we begin to understand something. The Word is a hymn. Amen? We're talking about a person. Alright? And it says, We beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Let me jump forward very quickly to verse 17. Because it identifies him. It says in verse 17, For the law was given through Moses. Remember, they were always carrying on about the law. But it says, But grace and truth. Go back to verse 14. Remember how verse 14 said, The only begotten of the Father, full of 
grace, and truth. Can you see that? Now, I want to link that, okay? Remember grace and truth. But grace and truth, verse 17, came through Jesus Christ. So we know who that grace and truth was. Amen? So we understand who the word was. There is the link all the way to who he actually was. Now let's go back. (laughs) How many minutes do I have? Okay, thank you. Ten minutes. I will behave. All right. (laughs) John MacArthur writes, This reality is surely the most profound ever because it indicates that the infinite became finite. The eternal was conformed to time. The invisible became visible, and the supernatural one reduced himself to the natural. Remember I told you, we need to understand how much Jesus Christ gave up to come down. Amen? It was a huge sacrifice. Ray Stedman, I love this, described the problem well when he wrote, If we find it difficult, okay, to understand all of this, how much more did his own disciples? They of all people would be least likely to believe that he was God. For they lived with him and saw his humanity as none of us ever has or ever will. They must have been confronted again and again with a question that puzzled and troubled them. Who is this man? I've often pictured them sleeping out under the stars with our Lord on a summer night by the Sea of Galilee. I can just imagine Peter or John or one of the others waking in the night, raising up on one elbow, you know, like this. Okay, like that. Okay, just in case you missed that. And as he looked at the Lord Jesus sleeping beside him, said to himself, Is it true? Can this man be the eternal God? Amen. In short, as the Full Life Study Bible puts it, Christ, the eternal God, became a human being. Humanity and deity were united together in Him. What a powerful thing. See, that's why when He took them up on the Mount of Transfiguration, because they were having issues, you know? And He said, I want to show you all something. (laughs) Okay, just three of them. Have you ever wondered what the other nine were doing? How come they get to go and we have to stay? (laughs) We all gave up stuff. Hello? Okay, all right. What's the answer? I don't know. Ask Jesus when you get there. Anyway, you thought I was going to answer you, didn't I? Listen, I'll answer you. Remember, they were the ones that he first picked up. They were his first disciples. And they, you know, and they had a long time with him. The, the one question I always have is Andrew. Because he was, he was with that first four. You kind of wonder what happened to him. I don't know, and I don't want to judge, so I'm going to leave it alone. But, we, but that's the reason those three at least went up with him. Because they were there from the very beginning. They saw him, they worked with him, and yeah, they knew him a lot more. Hallelujah. Okay, what's more? Let's continue on. Verse 14 actually foretells what the Apostle John is going to reveal to us through his gospel. Things that he had seen, heard, and experienced firsthand. Or as he put it in 1 John chapter 1 and verse 3, that which we have seen, heard, excuse me, seen and heard, we declare to you. That's 1 John 1, 3. See, he said, look, what I'm telling you, I have seen and heard firsthand. There was a lot of stuff going around. There were a lot of stories going around. And so he had to stand up and say, for all the stories that you're hearing, let me tell you firsthand. See, that's what, you know, even in police and everything, they always want to find a, a person that witnessed something firsthand. 
Okay, because stories can get, you know, blemished and embellished all the way. As you tell, you remember the whisper thing? You start at one place and you whisper that into somebody's ear and when you get to the other end, we don't even know what they said. We did that at one time. <laughs> it was so funny. We did that uh, when I was... Anyway, I was in the reserves for a while. Okay, and so we did that. The, the sergeant said, you whisper... He said something to somebody, whispered in his ear and said, okay, pass it on. And... By the time it got to the other end, it was something to do with Chinese food or without garlic or something. I don't know. It was something ridiculous. And, you know, and it was really funny. And, and what was, because they weren't allowed to say it twice. So whatever you heard, you heard and you passed it on. You know what I'm trying to say? And so it got worse and worse as it went. And there was like about 30 of us. And so, and, and when the sergeant revealed what it actually was at the beginning, it was just like, how did ever, we ever get that? And he said, that is a major problem that, that is, especially in this field, we have to watch out. That what's actually said is correctly transmitted all the way across. Nothing is lost in translation. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Amen. And so that's what John was saying. Regardless of what you've heard, let me tell you what it was the truth. This is what I heard. This is what I saw. Trust me. Yeah. Amen? And he was a very trustworthy individual. All right. I love this. And let me... Five minutes. Okay. I'm going to try to hurry here. As to the statement, we beheld his glory. Remember in Matthew 17, 1, John was one of the three disciples that Jesus took up with him onto a mountain. And there John literally saw Jesus transfigured before him, which is what I was talking about. And with verse 2 saying that his face shone like the sun and his clothes became as white as light. It was then that it became clear to John that Jesus was surely the only begotten of the Father. And and surprisingly, instead of wrath and judgment, he found that God was full of grace and truth. Isn't that beautiful? That's what we celebrate at Christmas. Grace and truth. Not judgment. Amen? John witnessed this grace and truth firsthand in the love and respect that Jesus Christ had for all people, regardless of their gender, past, or background. Not only in the messages he preached to them, filled with unmerited favor for the guilty, but also in the miracles he performed. Without prejudice or discrimination. He never checked with somebody to see if they were Jewish. You know, he, it was never, there was never a prayer line. And he said, show me your card. You, you, don't, you all have a Jewish, I attend the synagogue card? Let me see. Let me see how many times you got punched. Mm, haven't been to church. Oh, you at church Easter and Christmas. That's very interesting. Oh, not Christmas or Easter. None of those exist yet. Uh, at one of the Jewish Passovers. You know, okay? <laughs> at, at feast day or fast day or one of those little days, okay? And no, sorry, next was never what happened. I told you over and over again. There must have been one guy, one guy, one guy that was a stinker in there. One guy. Can we agree? Just one person in the multitudes? And he healed them all. I think that's extraordinary. Amen? Do you know why? Because grace and truth came. Hallelujah. Amen. And John witnessed this grace and truth firsthand. MacDonald adds, When men saw Jesus, they saw God. They heard God speak. They felt God's love and tenderness. God's thoughts and attitudes towards mankind have been fully declared by Christ.
Amen? That's what we received in a manger. That's what we sing about. That's what we take time every year to remember. Amen? Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, we thank you today for your word. We thank you for Jesus Christ.